1: Welcome to the Talent Development Think Tank podcast. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm excited that you are joining me today for another great episode to help you up your game and improve your capabilities in the world of talent development. And today we are talking about one of my favorite subjects, which is career development. If you've been following me for a while, you know that I'm all about helping people develop their careers, own their careers, and organizations help their people get where they need to go so that everybody can thrive and be happy. You know, I've written a book on this called Own Your Career, Own Your Life. I have a full framework on how organizations can approach career development, and I've done episodes on that in the past. Uh, today, I'm sharing some bonus content with you, not from me, but from another expert on career development. My friend Orieji Aroha Agwu is the director of career development strategy and programs on the people team at Red Hat, which is a software company based out of North Carolina. She's responsible for defining the strategic direction of careers at Red Hat and leading the implementation of career development solutions for Red Hatters in alignment. With with organizational priorities. Now, Orieji was on this podcast already just a few months back, episodes number 327 and 328, which came out in July of 2022. If you have not listened to those, I suggest you go back and check those out. The first one's called Career Development Best Practices with Orieji Iroha Agwu, which came out again in July of 2022. And episode 328 is my bonus Q&A episode with Orieji. And then as I often do with many of our best podcast guests and speakers, I invite them to come speak inside the Talent Development Think Tank community that we run, which you may have heard me talk about in the past. If you're not a member, I'd love for you to come check it out. We do Zoom calls every Wednesday and we often bring in guests speakers from our podcast. And so I invited Aurieji to come do a session inside the podcast to share more about the work that they're doing at Red Hat and how they approach career development. And I could tell from the questions and the comments that people were just blown away, very impressed by everything that they have done there. And uh, so I thought I'd do something special here and take the recording from that call and publish it here on the podcast for you to listen to. So you don't have to be a member to benefit from that call because you can listen to the recording right here. But what I hope is that you will not only get notes and get value from this conversation, But think about joining us in the future, because when you're on the live calls, you can ask questions, you can interact with our guests, and especially interact with the other members of our community and really build your network, build relationships, get questions answered. You also have access to a full member vault of recordings from all of our past calls that we've done with so many experts and many more great expert calls coming up. So if you want to find out more, all the information about our podcast our membership community, and upcoming events you can find at talentdevelopmentthinktank.com. That's talentdevelopmentthinktank.com. All right, without further ado, here is our episode today, which is a recording from our presentation and live Q&A with Oriyeji Iroha Agwu inside the Talent Development Think Tank just a few weeks back. Enjoy. Okay, welcome everybody to our Talent Development Think Tank call for Wednesday, November 16th, 2022. Marching right along, just a week away from Thanksgiving. Exciting time. I watched some football this last weekend and every commercial was a Christmas commercial. I'm like, okay, I guess it's that time now. I seem to be getting earlier all the time, but I'm excited that you're all here today. Our topic for today is career development. And it's actually pretty timely because, well, Ryan mentioned he's doing career month at Amica Insurance right now, so timely for him. Also timely for me because today is my book's birthday. It's the two-year anniversary since I published my book, Own Your Career, Own Your Life, on November 16th, 2020. Thank you. It seems like so long ago and just yesterday, as always, right? It was like middle of a pandemic dealing with all kinds of crazy stuff, health issues and everything, and just uh, amazing what we've done and accomplished since then, and appreciate all the support from everybody in the group. And I feel like we're just warming up. So lots to be done to teach and help people with their careers. And I am excited for this conversation today. Our guest speaker is Orieji Iroha Agwu. And I connected with Orieji, I think originally on LinkedIn. I can't remember We had a great conversation and then I had her on the podcast. She runs career development or is the director of career development strategy and programs on the people team at Red Hat, which is a software company based in North Carolina and we had a conversation, we did an interview on the podcast, we're just really impressed with everything that Oreeji and her team were doing at Red Hat and how they were thinking about career development and career strategy. They seem to be, I'm sure she'll tell you that we they don't have it all figured out. It's certainly not perfect, right? But it seemed like you were addressing a lot of the topics and questions that I get from people around career development, especially from an organizational standpoint. How do we support our people, figure out the roadmaps and support them in getting where they want to go and retain our best people? How do we weave DEI into this? All of those things. So I invited Oriyeji to join us for a session today. I'll hand it over to her, but also give her full disclosure. Disclosure is not the right word, but we were chatting before and I think we had some confusion on whether this meeting was happening today, because I don't know, we must've sent a cancellation on accent or something. I'm not sure. So luckily we still got her here, but I know you don't have anything prepared, which is, I told her is totally fine because our group is all about jumping in and having a conversation, right? So Oryoji, would you mind jump in, fill in the gaps on like some of the work that you're doing, what your responsibilities are, and maybe we can just get a conversation going.
2: Thank you so much, Andy, for having me here. Hello, everyone. Really excited to join you and thanks in advance for for grace. I still could not pass upon the opportunity to be among friends and and fellow talent development professionals. So really excited to be here and I look forward to sharing a little bit of our journey and also learning from all of you while we're on this call today. So I lead career development strategy and programs at Red Hat. I've been with uh, Red Hat now for Almost four years. It'll be actually four years uh, next month. So coming up on that anniversary. And for a majority of my career, for the last almost 20 years, I've been in the L&D space. I've been purely learning and development. I'm very passionate about career development, about developing others, about helping uh, people find their, you know, live, live into their passions and find their career best and I've had a chance to do that a lot of times as a, as passion initiatives on the side, as you know, in addition to doing learning and development. And so last year, August, I had this great opportunity presented to me where we started to look at career development as really not just the right thing to do for associates and not just the thing to do because employees expected it, but recognizing career development as a strategic lever for the company. And so I had an opportunity to, you know, create our career center. we were already doing a lot of career development things across the company and pockets, sometimes within the business and functions. We had some programs that were being run on the people team, but we had never really spent the time to create a very thoughtful and intentional strategy about how we wanted to drive careers. And so I picked up that work last year, created a team. Did listening sessions across the company, both from the associate lens, as well as from the business lens, really trying to understand, you know, what were associates looking for in their careers? And I think uh, COVID, the pandemic, has played a very big role in the way that career development um, and the attention we're paying to career development today, because people have started to rethink their careers. Like they're really now bringing that consumer mindset to what's important to me? How do I really shop for where I want to grow, you know, in my career, what our companies offering. And so it was really important for us to be intentional about establishing what our guiding principles were around career development. So we started off with trying to come up with our, our career development philosophy and what was it that was really our differentiator when it came to having meaningful careers at Red Hat. From then, we also listened to how our associates were currently experiencing. A career grow, what was their perception of their ability to grow their careers within the organization? We also looked at data on the business side of things. What were we seeing from a retention perspective, from an attraction perspective, and how, where, you know, what does career mobility also look like across the company? And so, taking all of these insights over the last year, we've spent time really focused on building programs, refining some of our tools, our resources, our courses to really help address both where we we heard there were gaps as well as capitalize on the opportunities that we saw in front of us. And so, Ryan, you just shared that you're celebrating National Career Month, and we had a chance to kind of lunch. We went out to the organization, lunch in our career center by celebrating a month-long, we had a month-long celebration of careers, um, getting people aware of the career center existing, getting people aware of our commitments as a company to really help grow careers, recognizing that careers are really very personal. We just talked about people coming up, coming out from the pandemic and really start to understand you know, what's important to them, whether it was work-life balance or in, in some cases, people are coin operated as some people like to call it. Nothing wrong with that. It finances our motivation or status, whatever that was. How do we make sure that we are tailoring our offerings based on what is really important to our associates while at the same time making sure we had the right people, we had the right skills and the right capabilities to meet the needs of our business. So that's what we've been working on in the last year. We have a resource site, an an intranet, where associates are able to, they have a ton of resources. They're able to find guidelines related to career. So everything from like promotion guidelines to career mobility, they can access the internal job portal, They have access to courses and and resources to help support their career growth. We have both launched and enhanced. So collectively in our portfolio, we have a a global mentoring program where we have thousands of associates. We have overall across the globe about almost 22,000 or somewhat in 22,000 employee base that we've grown over the last few years. So we have that global mentoring program that's available and open to the whole enterprise globally. We have just launched an internal gigs program. So recognizing that career mobility doesn't always just mean moving up or moving to a management role or moving even laterally from one job to another, but that the moves could also be short term or temporary. So our internal gigs are really an umbrella for associates to get to develop new skills or use skills and experiences that they may not have a chance to do to use in their day to day. Part of what we heard when we did our our listening um, sessions, as well as our associate surveys, is the work content. When associates think about what energizes them in their careers is do they get to use their strengths in their current job? And do they get to live into those things that they're passionate about? And we all know that that's not always the case where you get to use all of your strengths. So internal gigs is one way for them to leverage their their strengths and their skill sets in other areas as well as develop new skills. So they get some stretch assignments, job rotations, even get to job shadow just to get exposure to other roles and other functions within the company. We have also launched a career coaching program uh, where we connect Red Hatters to internally certified career coaches. And these are volunteers across the organization. So I, I will share that one thing about uh, Red Hatters is that they're they're very passionate about using their skills, coming together, collaborating. And so we have a, a ton of, uh, a lot of Red Hatters who are certified coaches and are always looking for opportunities to use those skills. So what we've done is certify them, you know, educate them on career development theory and try to hone in those skills and, and channel it to this narrow focus of career coaching. As so they've gone you know, over a 10-week certification and they get matched to associates based on different career challenges that they may be facing to really help them explore get to their potential and get them to a point where they can take action to drive their careers forward. In all of our programs we always look at the diversity and inclusion lens. So some programs may not necessarily be DEI focused, but we also make we always make sure that we take diversity and inclusion into consideration. At the same time, we have some programs that are really focused on driving inclusion and equity. So one example I'm really proud of is our sponsorship program. And this is a, a program that pairs associates with senior leaders in the organization so that they get the exposure, the advocacy, and they have opportunities for development or career opportunities in a more accelerated fashion than they would have if they, they were just to go it alone or go with, with their manager. And this is based on the the premise that, you know, sponsorship does happen, but we tend to pick and find proteges who are very similar to us. They look like us, they remind us of ourselves. And so if we're we're working on improving in the area of diversity and inclusion, and you have a senior leadership team that all looks one way, that all has similar experiences, the tendency is we're going to continue to have this vicious cycle of never moving the needle when it comes to representation at all levels. And so the idea of this program is, let us take what, what should normally or naturally happen, and let's force sort of force these relationships by making our senior leaders aware, putting, them, putting associates who are different from them in front of them, and giving them a safe space over a period of 10 months to really build that relationship and build the senior leaders' confidence in their ability to go out and advocate for the associates. And so um, we have run this program for a year in one of our, diff- our functions. We were able to see some really positive results in the area of retention, as well as promotions. While, while the goal is not that they necessarily get promoted, we did see up like up to almost 50% of the associates who got promoted. And we had some who had lateral moves. We had some who had way more opportunity and exposure. And they would have had it if they weren't in the program. So we've taken all the learning from that. And we have just launched a global enterprise uh, program, uh, which we hope to roll out. Well, its applications are open. So we're currently enrolling both sponsors and sponsees for that program that would be rolled out over the next 10 months. At the same time, we're continuing to look at our career mobility, making sure we are focused from a talent, our broader talent strategy. One of our pillars is really building from within. Uh, making sure that we have a good understanding of the talent that we have, the skills and the capabilities that they have, and, and trying to figure out how we can harness that in a m- more agile way, be able to deploy people based on their skills to where there's a need in the organization. And that way really foster this culture of career mobility and foster a culture where our managers are really generous with their talent and they're willing to invest and willing to let them go and grow into those roles or those opportunities across the organization. So those are some of the things that we're working on and what our journey has looked like so far. And I would love to just open it up. I don't know if we have questions in the chat and anyone who wants to come off.
1: We have a few questions in the chat that I will be happy to read. And if anybody else has questions, you can raise your hand and we'll certainly get to those. I think we're going to have a few and a good conversation. I told you guys, (laughs) she's doing some great stuff over there. At Red Hat, this is cool. 3 Allison asked, uh, what kind of courses did you create and what tools did you develop or use?
2: Sure. So we have a workshop that's really designed around your career development journey. And we use a framework that starts with like a reflection and assessments, like getting to really know who you are and then exploring, you know, based on what you discover about your passions, your strengths and your talents Now also exploring to see what are options available for you at Red Hat in terms of jobs and development opportunities. And then once you're clear on the options available, you can make a plan and then you take action to execute the plan. So that's kind of the framework. And we do have a course that's designed to really help you travel that journey. We also have paired up, and you don't have to be in our mentoring program to take advantage of it, but we have a course that's called Mentor's Journey that prepares mentors to be, you know, to be the best mentors they can have and have, you know, really effective mentoring relationships. And then we have some other professional development courses just to support you as an individual, support you in building your professional skills. And some of those are paired with some of our other signature programs as well.
1: That's cool. You mentioned the mentor program. Doug also asked a question Said so he would like to hear more about the mentor program, how it's designed, how matching matches are made, what technology or tools you use, because this is something I know lots of companies are, are doing or trying to figure out and it's all done all kinds of different ways.
2: Yeah. So I, I've been in a much smaller company before where it was the mentoring was a lot more exclusive. The mentoring program was exclusive. And while we encouraged everyone to sign up, we could only have a, 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 a you know just a few people who got to go through the program. And so imagine having to do that for a global company, and you have thousands of, of individuals. It is open. Our goal is to really make mentoring an equitable offering for all. So we have close to 2,000 associates in any at any given time who enroll, uh, looking for a mentor. The way that we match our mentor, our mentors and mentees. One is based on personality. So we have a personality assessment that's been created by the vendor that we've partnered with, MentorClick. They provide the platform. They do provide some online training, especially around mentoring across cultures, I think is one of the their really good programs they have available. And then they prov- their platform enables us to do the matching. So based on the personalities, we also try to match based on Availability when people are actually able to meet. So their preferences around times. And then we match based on the competencies that we have at Red Hat, our, our enterprise-wide competencies based on where there's a strength for the mentor and an area of opportunity for the mentee. So those are essentially the preferences. And then we use the uh mentor click has a variety of different matching. Methods, and so we use one of those methods to match our mentors to mentees, and so it is a six month pro nine month program six month program, and during this time we provide resources for them to kickstart the relationship, including ideas and suggestions of things that they can do as a mentor and pair. Um, we I mentioned the mentors journey for mentors to prepare to be effective mentors, and then we also hold events where we bring people together try to put, you know, some, infuse some energy into the relationship just in case things are are going stale. And then they also get a chance to learn from other mentoring pairs about things that they're doing that are working in their relationship.
1: Oh, that's excellent. Yeah, very, very well thought out for sure. Joanne, do you want to ask your question? And then I'll get back to the chat as well.
3: Sure. Thank you. Hi, hi, Reggie. Thank you so much for for sharing. I might have missed a few things. So forgive me if I repeat, because there's so much coming at me. I was trying to take notes and listen at the same time. I was curious to know how you helped to build the awareness of the strengths and the passions. Um, so it was great. Good to hear that you've got some courses that people can go on that journey. I'm interested to know how much of this, and and just to give you some context, I, I used to be based in Asia. And I know that Red Hat has Footprint in in Singapore, and I imagine it is a much smaller office compared to the U.S. office. And one of the things I've noticed quite a bit being in Asia is that, you know, you have these U.S. um, organizations doing some fantastic, fantastic stuff, but very little gets filtered down to the other smaller offices around the globe. And I'm interested to hear how much of this listening and the surveys was part of some of the other small offices and how much of that goes down and gets integrated with Asia and so on. Yeah, that's a really good question. So going
2: back to the the focus groups that I we ran last year, we made sure that there were it was a very diverse group of participants in the focus groups. So we made sure there was representation. And and APAC is a good example you bring up because every like there's so much diversity, even just within APAC, across the different countries. So we wanted to make sure there was representation across the countries. We had a mix of both technical individuals and non-technical. We tried to get people who were early in career, mid-career, and late career. We also had people managers as well, you know, people who were managing individuals or managing organizations or managing leaders, as well as um, individual contributors. So we really thought about making sure we had a very diverse group. And we paid attention to some of the nuances that were coming out from the different regions. So i give you an example in in North America, it is very common or expected at as an associate, you drive your career, you talk about where you want to go, you are saying I'm ready for a promotion, what do I need to go, versus maybe more of the Amir culture, where people might just expect that you should see I'm doing a good job and just promote me when, when I need to. So taking all those things into consideration and while being mindful of the cultures within the geographical areas still establishing that we want to have a culture for how we do career development, but that we're still cognizant of some of the the nuances across the different regions and figuring out a way like, here's a a process for how we want to do something, or here's this concept, how does it translate in this particular country, and this particular region? And what are some other things I need to think about to really make it effective and, and sort of localize it for that particular region? So those are ab- absolutely challenges I can relate to and things that we take into consideration as well. Awesome, thank you. My pleasure. Well,
1: yeah, you think of a lot of that, you're right. There's a lot of nuances. Let's see, Dr. Michelle Robertson asked, you mentioned certification, I think, for mentors. Is that what it was about, Michelle? And- oh,
4: I, it was about career coaches. You talked about okay. like a 10 week program and career development theory. Is that something you all created internally or did you send them somewhere external?
2: Thank you for that question. We partner with an external company and they do a lot of uh, the career innovation company. They do um, a lot of uh, research based career development work, they do consulting and career strategy. And so we worked with them. It was a, a a partnership where we co-created the what the certification program would look like. And they came with their with the expertise and with the, you know, again helped us with the content, but they drove things like the workshop. And then there were things we had to do internally. So whether it was setting up, you know, people with participants with their like a body system where they got to practice. And then we had a practicum where they actually got to coach real people, real associates. And with the permission of the the coaches, those sessions were recorded and we got to pick, they got to pick which one they wanted to submit for their certification. So there are a series of steps. It was a very blended approach to how we got to the certification, but we were partnering with an external vendor.
4: I just want to ask a follow-up really quick. So, I like got I'm, I'm on your LinkedIn and everything. I'm like, I got to know more about Red Hat because this sounds amazing. And let me tell you where I'm a little stuck. So like your job title is very specific to career development. Like that's you live and breathe it. I'm thinking of companies. Let me, I guess, ask my question and then give my statement. All the career development efforts that you all are doing. Is this for internal progression of some sort for those employees or are you career developing them, even if that takes them outside of Red Hat. So I just kind of want to understand that because our struggle, I know here at the bank is we got to fix our culture in terms of people wanting to move from being a teller to working back office. Some people call that poaching, internally. And I'm like, uh, would you rather Mm. Capital One have them or us retain them just in another department? So um, I think we would be so slow to implement a lot of these efforts because uh, managers dread hiring and applying Mm. for a new requisition and sorting through. So are y'all developing them to move internally or outwardly? And if so, how did you get buy-in for all of that?
2: Yeah. So I would, I think this is the, I I started out by talking about career development as a a strategic lever, and I think this is where, for us as a company, to say we actually do need to have a role that's just focused on this, because we could do it off the side of our desk. We could say I do this other thing, but oh, by the way, let's also take care of career development, or we could be very intentional about that and really focus on some outcomes. The, the challenge that you talk about when it comes to the poaching mindset is not unique to your company, so you're 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 in good company. I think if you think about the real Struggles from the lens of a manager of having to lose talent. What it does to, like, I still have results that I need to to meet, and I still have, you know, I need resources to do the work. So there's got to be something in it for me. And part of what we've tried to address is address it for from all angles. Like, how is what how why is this good for the company? Why is it good for you as a manager? And then what why is it good for the associate? So our ultimate goal is that people that if we do all of these things and we do it well that we get to retain the people here, that you know, Red Hat is such a great place to work, you don't wanna go anywhere else. The reality, and I'll answer the other question, of, are we preparing them for, for elsewhere? I would say that the reality is people might leave and that's not should not be a bad thing. So part of what we even do when we think about what careers looks like or career development looks like is we wanna also be able to celebrate those individuals. Like what is the action you take in that moment that matters when someone comes to you and they say, I have an opportunity outside. We should be able to acknowledge, celebrate the contributions they've had and support them. And guess what? If you, if you do everything right, the likelihood of them coming back to you. So we love our boomerangs is that there's a very high chance that A, they don't leave you in the first place or even if they do leave, one, they go out there and they are ambassadors for your organization. And, and secondly, hopefully they do come back to you.
4: Hi, Jackie, but I got one more thing. OK, y'all are really on to something. And it's this is so refreshing. So thank you. So last week, I was at an Opal conference where I met a fellow Think Tank person. I had to message Andy and said, Nicole, in person. It was so awesome. But there was somebody there from Bank of America, and they do this leaders on loan program to retain talent. So if you are a high performer, they could lend you out to a Bank of America customer for you to work in a dual role. So the young lady speaking in our breakout session, she's like a DEI specialist for Bank of America, and she's the CEO for one of their customers. And I'm like, oh, my gosh that is genius to retain top talent. And Bank of America is adding value to their customers by using their own talent to fill a need. So I just love absolutely everything that you're
5: saying.
2: Yeah, that is, I, I'd love to hear and learn more about that. We have something that that is similar, but different from what you just shared would be in the area of our workforce development. So we do have have, um, and this is not something that sits within my team, but we do workforce development because we recognize in the IT world, every organization wants to transform. They want to go through digital transformation. One of the challenges that they experience is finding talent. And I think all of you might be able to relate with the, the difficulty um, in finding critical talent in, in, the, in the marketplace. And so what we help them do is we help through our workforce development programs to develop that talent. And then connect through our talent network, connect individuals to our customer base. So different from what you shared, but that's that's an example of where there's still a partnership between what we do in the career space that could also benefit our customers and in the long run also benefits us. Because if they have the right people to use our technologies, then they're more willing and open to, to start their transformation journeys.
1: Nice. Jessica Michaels, who is our resident neurodiversity expert and advocate, asked about, said, love the DEI focus, wondering if there is, if neurodiversity is a part of that.
2: So we have a diverse abilities employee resource group. We are just starting, you know, we're really tapping into this group to learn about what the needs are and how we need to adapt everything, not just from our learning But also a career development perspective. So, this is not a space where we're mature in, but definitely an area where we're exploring and tapping into the expertise of both lived experiences as well as expertise that Mm -hmm. resides within our employee resource groups.
0: Does that group combine physical disabilities with other types of disabilities and invisible disabilities? Since you're at the kind of nascent point in this, I would recommend you're at a key point right now where you could split, you know, and, and focus on neurodiversity separately from physical disability because they are different areas. But the good thing is it sounds like you would very easily be able to adapt what you're doing with a neuroinclusive approach. So happy to hear that you're working with disability though. Many people don't take that into consideration at all.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much for that, for that plug there. We did have, during career month, we had career development speaker who also happened to be neurodiverse. And that was one of the, mo- the most impactful sessions, not just for individuals who identify with that group, but also for people managers who were in the group. Um, I think for me personally, one of the things I walked away with was one, recognizing, and not just even, even if an individual is not neurodiverse, but it was this idea of focusing on strengths. I think we're just wired naturally as people managers to always focus on where you mm-hmm. may not be doing well and how do I continue to help them. And there's nothing wrong. Like with the growth mindset, we can always get better. But if you really want to have a high functioning team, is recognizing the strengths that, that are, are on your team and figuring out a way to really hone in and make the best of those strengths, leverage the strengths on your team. It, it takes away from, I mean, the time that we spend just coaching, 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 and mm-hmm. trying to make a person mm-hmm. in an area that mm-hmm. they may, they'll never, I mean, they'll Part of the yeah, team. They yeah. can yeah. grow, but what if I were to use that energy and put it into really take, making the most, you know, of the team? It also addresses recognizing that people work in different ways. So we mm-hmm. shouldn't always focus on the, how they get the work done but what's the work outcome mm-hmm.
0: are you finding that managers are responsive is that because one of the challenges is and and this is an intersectional issue is that there's this kind of ingrained entrenched old school opinion of here's what a professional person looks like, sounds like, and acts like, you know, that affects, you know, the LGBTQ population, it affects age, you know, it affects neurodiverse. I mean, there really isn't a group that you'd have an ERG for that that doesn't touch. It's just that idea that there's only one way to be professional. Are your managers opening up to that idea? Or is it still like, yes, I will accept people as long as they act and react exactly like I want them to, or exactly like I expect.
2: I I would say that that was one conversation. That was a single conversation. And this is, this is not an event. This is a a journey. So I think it would take us a while to get to that place. That said, I would say generally, when I look at the makeup of our leadership team across the org, and there are individuals where like in a, in a typical corporate organization, I wouldn't expect to see individuals like that. Right. Right. I think that is evidence of the fact that maybe while we we haven't really spent time talking about all of these things, that the behaviors that hearts and minds are showing that this is something that there is some inclusion that is happening, but it's definitely, again, we're just scratching the surface. And I think we have a lot of work to do in that space, but I would love to talk more about this with you (laughs) offline, Jessica. That sounds great. That sounds great.
1: Love it. Opening up new pathways here. Let's see, someone else. I think Allison, you had another question, right? Do you want to ask that?
5: Sure. Great insight. Thank you so much. I was just curious. So I know you did the career gave certification and career coaches and that type of thing. Did you do anything for your managers in terms of support education so that they could also have the conversations? And if so, what type of things did you do? We've done some work too. And I'm just kind of, I always like to hear what others are doing. Yeah. Was I on the right track? Was I not on the right track?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So we we have a, a framework that we've come up with to help managers think about how to approach the conversation is nothing you know earth shattering it's very basic it's really there a set of questions we call it the opt model and it's that where there is an organizational need how do you help your associates match the their, the organizational needs with their talents and their passions and then we have questions around those to help managers guide the conversation so we've we've created qrgs we've had like mini workshops to enable people around this model or this framework we have um like value sort activity to help managers you know let let their associates com- complete that activity and then have questions to do a deeper dive into what are your values and how you should seen it show up in your work or where you've seen it missing and where are the opportunities so we have all of those tools and resources and then throughout this year we've also rolled out a workshop And in this workshop is where they really get to practice, to to get the skills and practice in a safe space, how to have those conversations. We've come up with some scenarios, like common career scenarios, everything from my person thinks they're ready for a promotion, but they really are not ready. How do I have that conversation? Or I would love to promote my person, but I don't have the budget. I don't have the headcount. What do I do? So we've come up with very common scenarios that we hear managers talk about. And we have, you know, tools and resources and conversation guides to help support that. But we, we do see our managers as our secret sauce. And the career coaching is not meant to replace their role in being that primary uh, source of career support and having those career conversations, but really to be an extension of them where they have an additional objective party uh, to help guide their uh, support, their career growth. That's great. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, there's no, there's no replacement to uh, having that conversation with your manager about where the career is going, right? Because it, like I say all the time, like I, I want everybody to own their careers, but if you work for an organization, you're still not getting too far without support from your manager or you know team, organization, et cetera. I was curious, and we still have some time left. If anybody else has any questions, feel free to raise your hand or put your question in the chat. I was curious, you mentioned earlier, like a job board or a place where people can find out about other opportunities that are out there. I know lots of companies do this, but speaking of co-workers and job opportunities behind me, are people actually using that? Do you have a platform that you use that works really well? I'm sure people will be curious about that too.
2: Yes, we do. We have an internal portal and yes, people use that and are on there every single day. We've tried to make it easily accessible so people are not having to hunt for it. And then we also have one of the things that we've done is try to de- You know, we've had sessions where we try to demystify other functions. So we've had, you know, representatives. So someone from can come from IT and say, "Hey, I know you think the only way that you work in our IT function or engineering function is if you're a technical person. Let me talk about the skills and the behaviors and the competencies that you would need to have if you're, you know, to be successful over here. And what kinds of roles do we have in this area? We we also have a way Workday is our HRIS." So there's a way for you to also find, you know, what jobs exist and and read the job descriptions and express interest in particular jobs. So I can run, like when I have open positions, I'm looking to see who has, who's expressed interest in a role like this and who has previous experience doing, doing a role like this. So I also have, so it's not always uh, you looking for a job, but there's also this two way of how do I actively go look for the talent? And see who might be interested in the opportunity. And yes, I'm interested in knowing your little man's name as well.
1: Oh, that that is Teddy Theodore, known, also known as Teddy, who chose not to go to school today. He just said he didn't want to go. And I don't know, not into letting people, forcing people to do things. So he's entertaining himself today. He seems to be doing pretty well so far. Anyway, Doug, I think you had a question you put in the chat. I can read it, or you can unmute.
6: Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll come off. You've been doing. We've been making you do all the work, uh, reading the, the questions. Uh, this has been fantastic, and I'm wondering what you've done. You know, seems like you painted a very clear picture, or tried to drive commitment across the organization that developing our people, whether they end up here or leave, they come back, or what what's good for us, you will benefit from. You might lose someone, but you get them. You get a. You know, you benefit from this process too. And I'm wondering, just like. Not so much or just career development, but just generally being an exceptional, like committed people manager, how you found ways to keep that a priority through incentives or or how they're measured versus what I feel like is, you know, it, yes, you have direct reports, yet the projects or other things tend to be of a higher priority in a lot, of, a lot of instances. I'm just curious how you combat that.
2: Yeah, I, I would say that's a very good question, Doug. This is something that we are currently working on is, you know, the reward, the, the one thing that we've done, it, it feels like a small thing, but I think it's still impactful, is recognizing leaders and using our associates, by the way, to do this. So we have our reward zone where you can go and give, you know, kudos to any associates in the in the organization. And so we've created one, career Center has created one to recognize managers, and it's like a career driver type of uh, uh, kudos. And so mm-hmm. that is one way that we want to highlight managers who do it well. Um, cool. We also bring those managers if we ever have a, an enablement session across a, every now and then on a monthly basis or bi-monthly basis, we bring all managers together on focus yeah. topics and we bring managers who do this well. And we try to use managers to champion what's right. And they get to share examples of how they're they're, they're driving career mobility. And you know that said, I think there's so much more that we can do. We're talking about um, and not unique to us, but everyone is looking at, you know, how do I, if I, if I get a resource, do I get a backfill? If I lose a resource or lose a team member, do I get a backfill? Well, I want to reward that manager who's taken the time to help support career mobility by prioritizing their backfill, you know, or prioritizing budgets for them to get the resources they need. So we're we're exploring different ways to continue to encourage managers. To do this, So more, more the approach of the the carrots in uh, how we're tackling this.
6: Love that, thank you. I'm only what seven weeks in uh, in my current firm, and we're, we use achievers for that for kudos giving. But I, it struck me as odd when I first looked at it because it's really cool. Yet managers are actually the only people that have points that they can award. And so, you know, what you just shared with how you're you allow or have another channel for leaders to get kudos seems like really smart. Thing that I'm going to take back and noodle on here. So thank you.
1: Yeah. I, I really like that too. You know, as much as we all say, Hey, managers, leaders, you need to make sure that you spend time developing, coaching your people and help them move on to whatever they need to move on to. That's the right way. And it's best for the organization, even if it hurts you as a team, but we have to recognize that like, it still causes a big challenge. Then you got to backfill. So uh, it's interesting. I, I like that idea of like prioritizing, well, we're going to, prioritize you over somebody else that ran their employees into the ground and now they need to replace somebody who quit because they don't want to work here anymore. Karina, you had your hand up.
5: Hi, thank you. Yeah, my, my question's a, kind of a long or adjacent to Doug's question and, and what we're talking about right now. And it, just kind of about the busy work of the managers, what they want to talk to their people about their careers, but they're just busy. And so it, it's just we've at certain companies, I've operationalized a little bit, just a theme per month on conversations in all kinds of ways. But I say that because what tends to happen is when the manager gets too busy to have the conversations, they think about it at review time. And then they think the promotion is based just on your most recent reviews, which has nothing to do with career. It's a point of reference, certainly if you're not successful in your job. So how I've countered that often is try to kind of decouple. So did you find that that was the case? And it was, if so, was it helpful? Did you plan around that perhaps? And maybe like your career month was separate from the reviews or like, how did you take advantage of the busyness, the conversations and, and those complexities?
2: Yeah, that, that's a really good question. I would say something, a, a paradigm shift we're trying to have or make is this idea that a career, like, yes, it's good to have dedicated time to have a conversation about careers, but it doesn't always have to be a dedicated one hour or 45 minutes. So part of what we, and we haven't rolled this out yet, so I'm sharing what we we plan to do is this idea of those moments that matter. And those are moments when your associate is thinking about their careers. Mm -hmm. It's when they've just had an anniversary, a work anniversary. It's when they've just come back from a long vacation. It's taken advantage of, or they just finished a very tough, hairy, big, hairy, audacious project. So at those, whenever the, those are all moments that matter and mm. moments for you to say, hey, you just finished this project. How are you feeling? What, you know, what was, what was insightful for you? what did you learn about yourself? What skills did you, so it's those five minute conversations that could really make a difference. And it doesn't always have to be this, I'm going to set aside the one hour when I have my PND. So it's more mm-hmm. of an ongoing type of practice versus the the one big big talk because you never know someone comes back from that long vacation or they right. come back from that reunion where everyone was, and they, and they get to see their, their classmates talk about where they've been and they go back reflecting on, huh, am I really where I, where I thought I would be by this time? And maybe I need to look elsewhere. So it's taken advantage of those moments that matter.
5: Wow. I love that. That's, that's awesome because career development is many to think about your, even yourself, our own career goals have changed over time and they're not annual, they're episodic and they're moment. Connected more so. So that's awesome. Thank you. Thank
1: you. That's funny. I remember I wrote an article a few months ago on LinkedIn, posted an article on LinkedIn about what are your employees saying when they're on vacation? Because that is the reflection time, right? When you, and we're coming up on those holidays when you're sitting around talking to family and they're like, how's your job? And then you're like, "Mm, eh, it's
5: been okay. Yeah. And New Year's resolutions are right on the heel of that. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) New Uh, Year, new
1: you. You know, what are they saying? Like, oh, my company's awesome. There's so many opportunities or like, I'm starting, I think about looking for a new job next year, you know, so that's the reflection time for sure. Interesting. Cool. Any other questions for Oriji? All right. Uh, yeah. As Doug said, this has been fantastic. I mean, really you've done so much impressive stuff. I can tell everybody is like taking notes and I love all the questions. We recorded this. It'll be available in our member vaults. So you can go back and share it with your friends in the community I'm looking forward to keeping in touch with you and learning what else you're putting in place. And yeah, just uh, hopefully we can all continue to learn and find a way to help people truly have fulfilling and happy careers everywhere they go.
2: Thank you so much for having me, Andy. And it's uh, great meeting all of you. I look forward to connecting on LinkedIn and and beyond this conversation here.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, everybody. Uh, No call next week, Thanksgiving week, taking the week off, hopefully. I think everybody here is in the U S Joanne dropped off earlier. She's in Europe, but hopefully you have a great week with your families. Don't forget. You can always check in on the Slack group. We'll be back in two weeks. We have a call with Dr. Lisa Toppin about the intersection of talent development and DEI. So we'll kind of continue some of this conversation we're having. So thanks again, everybody have a great Thanksgiving. All right, that will do it for our episode today, our recording of Orieji Iroha Agwu from her call inside the Talent Development Think Tank talking about career development best practices at Red Hat. And I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you got value from that. I know our members really loved it. We are doing more calls like this throughout 2023, and we'd love for you to come join us. Come check it out. Our website to learn everything is talentdevelopmentthinktank.com. There are resources there. There's information about our membership community. If you're not sure and you want to join a call first, you can always reach out to me, Andy at andystorch.com. If you're interested in working with me, bringing me in to speak in your company about career development, talent development, leadership development, or running my highly regarded Own Your Career program to teach your people how to own their careers, then feel free to reach out. My website is andystorch.com and my email is andy at storch.com. Dot com. And once again, to find more information about our podcast, our membership community and upcoming events, those are all at talentdevelopmentthinktank.com. All right. Thank you again for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, next week, we've got another great episode coming your way with Sam Robeck, who is talking about how to manage culture transformations. Stay tuned and I'll talk to you again soon.